Thank you, Michael, for reading our scripture lesson this morning and for Bells for sharing your beautiful music with us this morning. Have compassion for everyone you meet, even if they don't want it. What seems like bad manners, cynicism, or conceit is always a sign of things no eyes have seen or ears have heard. You don't know what wars are going on down where the spirit meets the bone. But ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Some of you already know that a couple years ago, Jessica and I hiked 180 miles of the Appalachian Trail. It took us about three weeks to do. And we had never done anything like that up until that point. Well, we did one night, four miles in Mohican, but that doesn't really count. Much like traveling to a new country with different languages and new customs, hiking in the woods for three weeks was a bit of a culture shock. We carried an item that many hikers carried with them. It's called the deuce of spades. The spade refers to the fact that it's a little shovel. The deuce, I'll let you figure that one out. We quickly missed those creature comforts. Just to get a drink of water was a process. You cannot drink from any stream that the map said wasn't okay to drink from. And even then, we had to be extra cautious. There could be a dead animal upstream. There could be waste upstream. And then we got out our water purifier, which is not the end of it. We still had to go to the safest part of the stream to pull water from, which is where the rocks come together and there's white water and it's being aerated, which is always in the worst location. So after a day of hiking, you have to prop yourself on one rock and another one, both slippery, your knees are shaking, and you have to bend down, pick up the water, two liters, pull it out of the stream, hang it on a tree, and then wait 30, 40 minutes for our filter to work through. Jessica did this every night. <laughs> this was her task to do. And it was not until that entire process could we finally take a sip of water. So you can imagine that when we, when we returned to civilization, it was like a caveman tried to, uh, tra time traveled back to present day. Indoor plumbing. And it took three weeks without it for me to fully appreciate that my whole life, whenever I wanted purified drinking water, I just had to do this. Cold, oh, hot, drinking water. When we take something for granted, we take it as being expected. It's always going to be there. We believe that so completely, so confidently, that we fail to properly notice or appreciate it in that moment. Like running water, the simplest, most expected things in our society, in our lives, are really extraordinary gifts. A cup of coffee, or anything else you may eat or drink, but a cup of coffee, consider each person or each hand that brought you your morning cup. 
There are the farmer's hands that grew and harvested the beans. In some distant country closer to the equator, there are the hands that packaged it, the hands that transported it, the hands that stocked the shelves. Without those hands, you could not enjoy that simple blessing. And that's just the human side of it. There is the coffee bean itself. There is the sun that fed it. There is the water that quenched its thirst. There is the water in your cup and how it came to be there. There is the energy that creates heat enough to brew it just right. And so if we trace what we eat or what we drink back to the source, it really is extraordinary. Yet if you're like me, I tend to guzzle my coffee for the caffeine. I don't pause to really enjoy my dinner. I want to make sure my kids have their food before that meltdown comes. And it's so easy to overlook the goodness of life and never consider the source. In the same way, we take people for granted, I think. We don't fully appreciate them in our lives. Sometimes we we just expect them to always be there. In the same way, we take our most basic needs for granted, like shelter or our rights and our freedoms, our ability to live in a safe neighborhood, our health, and for some of us that our relationships or the ways we express ourselves does not face critique scrutiny, or violence. We call this privilege because there are others that are reminded every minute of every day that they don't have access to these basic needs, to food, to water, to shelter, to self-expression, to self-determination, because it is a blessing. And it is easy to not recognize it when you have it or are just so used to having it. And the real tragedy of taking something for granted is that when you don't have running water, when that person is no longer with you, when when those basic rights are denied to you or someone closest to you, do you realize what a gift it was? It's not until after we retire that we wish we would have smelled the roses and enjoyed the ride. It's not until after the kids are grown when we realize we should have appreciated every second, even the nights the kids don't sleep or get sick. And I struggle with that in the moment. Not until policies that affect us or those we love do we realize how important it is to protect and to celebrate basic human rights. It's not until later when we realize all of it is a blessing and a gift. Those with skin disease in Jesus' time were banished to the outskirts of town. They were separated from family and friends. They couldn't work. They couldn't make a living. They couldn't go to the market. They were to live separately from everyone else. And I think because of COVID, some of us may relate on some level to what that may have felt like. And on the outskirts, they would stay there. And if their skin disease somehow got better, they could go to the priest in town, get the priest's doctor's note, and they could go back to their home and be with their families. 
So there was a possibility for them to do that. And here comes Jesus walking into town. And of course, as he's walking in, those with skin disease are the first ones that he, he meets because often they're looking for charity or things because of their situation. But they recognize something different in Jesus. They call him master. They shout out again from a distance, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Which catches Jesus' attention. You see, Jesus never did avoid eye contact with those on the margins. He could always see the soul of the person. He never took that for granted. And Scripture says when Jesus saw them, he told them to do something bold and presumptuous, and they listened to him. Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. Mind you, Jesus has not healed them yet. That is, until they begin walking towards town, following Jesus' direction. And as they went, they looked down, and their skin, which was covered in bumps and rashes, which probably itched or burned, was smooth and not irritated anymore. Nine people with skin disease were healed that day, and one was saved. One paused to marvel at the miracle that took place. His skin was healed, and he could have rushed forward like the others. He could have just checked that box, ran to the priest, got his note, ran home, and just embraced his family with love that he's been looking forward to. But the one doesn't, at least not right away. He pauses to marvel. He traces the miraculous blessing back to its source. And Scripture says, when the one saw that he was healed, he turned back and began praising God with a loud voice. He does not wait. He worships God right then and there. And then, after worshiping God, goes to Jesus and says, thank you. Thank you. Jesus replies, as he does in other stories, your faith has made you well. In the Greek, the word well is sozo, which translated to English can mean saved or made whole. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you whole because the one recognized It's all grace. It's all a gift. It's all from God who is the source from which all blessings flow. And so the one does not take that for granted, but can now see that everything good begins with God and stands always in the flow of God's goodness. And he is made whole in that moment. Nine were healed. One was saved. When he goes to the priest, we can expect him to give thanks. When he walks into his home, we can expect him to give thanks. Probably when he's sick or hurt, even in those moments, we can expect that he can give thanks. He doesn't take grace for granted. The challenge for us 
is to not rush past blessings and go on to the next thing. The challenge is to recognize God's goodness even when life gets difficult and hard, and it gets difficult and hard. Will we notice when we cry out to God, where are you, and then we take a sip of cool water? Will we notice when we are sick or uncertain about the future, and then someone reaches out to us with kind words of care and compassion, will we notice when that cut on our hand or that bruise on our leg heals? Will we notice when we gather around Thanksgiving tables, when we eat delicious food? Will we notice? Eckhart Tolle said it best, acknowledging the good that you already have in yourself is the foundation of all abundance. Friends, God is the goodness within you. Notice, it will save you again and again. It will bring you closer to God. So have faith, return to the source, which we so often take for granted, Give thanks and be made whole. Amen. Amen.